The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And uh, certainly good to be back chatting with everyone. Big shout out to my man Bruce Nolan of the Bruce Exclusive Show uh, filling in for me last week talking about that Patrick Mahomes contract. If you did not have a chance to listen to it yet, of course, I would encourage you to go wherever you download your podcast and you can find that episode as well as all the great shows that we have here at buffalorumblings.com. And, you know, it's, you know, here we are, right? We're kind of getting towards the, the middle of July. Still a couple weeks out from training camp. Hopefully what what training camp may look like, right, from that standpoint as we kind of move forward with things and so many questions around what the 2020 NFL season can be. Um, So much of it, right, my expectation that the NFL will figure out a way to move forward, whatever that looks like, but maybe I'll save that for a future podcast to chat with you all about. But really this week the conversation for me turns to to one of the more polarizing figures on the Buffalo Bills roster. And I say polarizing, meaning really from the, the standpoint of the fans, right? And, and that's defensive end Trent Murphy. And Trent Murphy, right, when you, you talk about polarizing figures, it's, it's one of those pieces where it comes to, you know, you talk about a starting defensive end, um, one of the, you know, the earlier free agents signed during the Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott era in Buffalo, and now where you're two seasons in and you're thinking to yourself, okay, are the Bills in a position where they should be hanging on to Trent Murphy for the 2020 year? Or is it something that they should really kind of move forward and look at some additional options that might be there for the team? Now for myself, right, it's it's one of these pieces. And I think when we, we come about it, it's a, a, a topic that's gone back and forth. Uh, if you go to the site, right, on the, the series of the 2019 worst bang for the dollar bills, Trent Murphy, of course, made made that list. And, and Matt Warren has really been compiling all of those pieces, right? I mean, he had an $8.8 million cap hit last year. That was the 27th highest among edge rushers. And, uh, you know, of course, I would encourage you to check that out and, and something to, to see. You know, along other lines, if you haven't caught the latest episode of Chat with Nick Bat, our Sean Murphy was on with Nick talking about just everything with the Bills roster, right? And they talked about Trent Murphy as well. And and again, you, you Sean was saying, I, I flip-flopped on this so many times, and I found myself in that same type of category. 
And as I was reading Matt's article earlier this week, and then I heard the episode with Sean and Nick chatting about Trent Murphy, you know, I figured that would be one of those pieces where we could have this pod and and really just kind of have an open discussion. I'm sure there will be plenty of feedback from all of the listeners and from the readers that we have here, because you can certainly make a case for Trent Murphy and why the Buffalo Bills would want to have him on the roster in 2020. And yes, of course, you could make a case against it. And uh, I think as you look at this, right, you could probably think to yourself, no matter what you do, it might not be wrong. It also might not be right from, from that standpoint. So we'll get into it, you know, just in a little bit here. I will start with, you know, really the reasons why Trent Murphy should be on the roster in 2020. And then, of course, you can look at certain things and say, okay, what are those reasons uh, against him from that standpoint? Now, you know, one of the pieces that you come with it is for Murphy. You know, you think of the contract that he signed in Buffalo before the 2018 season. Um, and this is all coming courtesy of Track, right? You can go to SpotTrack.com and find so much great information, not just on the Buffalo Bills, but all the NFL teams. And here was the deal with, with Murphy when he signed with Buffalo. A three-year deal for $22.5 million, an average salary of $7.5 million per year, um, just under $8 million guaranteed at signing, with a signing bonus just over $5 million. Now, as you go through with this piece, right, I mean, I think sometimes when we talk about expectations with Murphy, I mean, a three-year, $22.5 million contract, I don't think that's something where people would have expectations of a pro bowler coming in and stepping into this role. You know, when you look at his time with the Washington Redskins, Murphy had certainly battled some injuries. Um, that is something that had, you know, taken place with him. He had had one nine-sack season with the Redskins as a second-round draft pick. But I guess what I'm trying to say here, right, I mean, this was not a guy who came in with a, you know, garnering a huge contract in free agency. It's not that he came in with this Pro Bowl resume or a former first-round pick that expectations were through the roof. But when it's a year that the Bills are not investing too heavily in free agency and they bring in Murphy, maybe expectations were a little bit higher than they should be. But again, th those are the contract details for him. But as you look at it, what makes him such an interesting you know, character, at least as it relates to the conversation for this year, is the relatively low amount of dead cap against the salary for him. So he would have a, a salary cap hit this season, right, of $9.775 million. But the dead cap hit just $1.75 million. So from that situation, right, if the Bills were to part ways with Trent Murphy, if he were not to make the roster, there would be about an $8 million saving against the salary cap. And that is what has made him such a hot-button topic, I guess you could say, right, as you look at things here. Because here's a guy, if they were going to part ways, the dead cap hit, I mean, sure, you don't want to eat close to $2 million. But when you're talking about a savings of just over $8 million, that's a little bit different. So, you know, I say that, of course, that will will come into the conversation when you talk about the reasons for or against, you know, why you should keep him or why the Buffalo Bills should move on. But I think in a lot of ways, right, if you are going to talk about a player and why that's something that would, would really be somewhat of a question, um, that is why, right? Eight, eight plus million dollars in savings for Trent Murphy if the Bills were going to move on. So, you know, let's let's talk about a couple of things here. I think as you look at someone like Murphy and, and what are the reasons, you know, for for keeping him. 
And a lot of the times, right, you will you will hear um, I reference Bruce Nolan earlier. You know, he, he'll talk about the process a lot. Right. I mean, guys that just are all about the process. And you've seen the workout videos from Trent Murphy on social media. You know, he is a workout warrior. You know, he's got the setup at home. You know, he is putting in the time. And when you talk about some of your veterans on a roster, you know, you you value that type of a player. We know that Sean McDermott values that type of a player, right? I mean, he talks about trusting the process. He talks about right guys that do things the right way. And Trent Murphy certainly is one of those workout warrior types that you say is like leading by example, right? I think when you talk about the the leaders of this team and a lot of times when you think of the leaders, you think of vocal leaders, right? Right now, somebody like a Josh Allen, Micah Hyde certainly fits into that role. Jerry Hughes um, in the past, of course, Lorenzo Alexander recently retired, um, Kyle Williams. But, you know, Trent Murphy is one of those guys when you talk about the, the work that he puts in on the practice field, the work that he puts in in the weight room, that is something that coaches value, right? Because it's someone that's pushing their teammates. You see that they're putting in that time. And again, for everything that Sean McDermott has talked about with the process, Trent Murphy fits into that category, right? I mean, he is process AF, as Bruce Nolan would say. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think that is certainly something that 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 stands out. You talk about, you know, him being a hard worker and how the coaching staff loves what he brings to the table. I certainly think that is a piece that that would stand out. Now, aside from that, right, because you could be a hard worker and all of those good things, but the question really comes down to, are you a player that can get things done on the field? Plain and simple, right? Can you get it done on the field? And you could look to the first half of the season when you talk about someone like Trent Murphy, and you'd probably be scratching your head just a little bit here. You know, when you look at, um, and I know for defensive ends, Sacks are probably a bit of an overrated stat, but in a lot of situations, right, you talk about those disruptive plays, things that guys can do to really make a difference. Um, Murphy was zero sacks through his first seven games of the season, and that's something that would certainly stand out, right, when you you talk about this and you look at a player and a defensive end that you expect to be a disruptor and, and what are certain things, you know, that he can do to make a difference. Um the, the difference that Murphy made was really down the second half of the season for him. So this is in his last eight games, right? So this goes from week eight through week 16. And, and I say that, right, like he, he missed week 10, was out with an injury in the game at Miami. But in the last eight games that he appeared in, he had five sacks, right? So there was one in the game against Washington in week eight. Uh, he had another one against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Another one against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that huge win on Sunday night football. And then wrapped up the regular season with two sacks against the New York Jets, albeit in a meaningless Week 17 game. But you know what? The Jets were trying to win. And while the Bills were were resting many of their regulars in that game, um, Murphy played 72% of the defensive snaps. And in that game, as I said, right, had two sacks in that in that contest. You take a look at it and you think to yourself, okay, you know, here is a guy when you look at the second half of the season for him, eight games, five sacks, right? Ten sacks in a regular season is usually that magic number when you talk about defensive players and something that you strive for. You know, that puts him on pace right in his last eight regular season games 
with those five sacks. Um, in addition to that, nine QB hits, nine tackles for loss, 36 combined tackles on the season. You know, you, you just look at these things and you think to yourself, okay, you know, here is a guy that down the stretch, and I don't even want to just say down the stretch. I don't want to make it sound like it's just one or two games because when you say, okay, five sacks over his last eight games as opposed to zero in his first seven, you know, that is a step in the right direction. Um, if you want to add on to that as well, you can look at his performance against the Houston Texans in the playoffs. And uh, gosh, I try not to revisit that game too many times because there's too many what ifs that come about it. But, you know, here's a game where he had two sacks, four solo tackles, two assists on other tackles, right? One tackle for a loss, two QB hits, and he played 67% of the defensive snaps. So again, you go through with it two sacks against Deshaun Watson and arguably the biggest game of the season for the Bills as they were in the wild card game of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, here's Trent Murphy showing through this second half of the season and into the postseason that he can deliver. So, you know, from that standpoint, you think of what, you know, the return is on a player like this, what he can bring to the table, um, uh, whether he is, you know, platooning opposite Jerry Hughes uh, with Mario Addison and what that can look like. You know, Trent Murphy has delivered on the field during the 2019 season, albeit the t- second half of the 2019 season, as part of one of the top defenses in the NFL. Um, and for a, you know, relatively modest three years, $22.5 million contract, when you look at what he delivered, again, over those last eight games and the the playoffs, so I guess you could say those last nine games of the season, right? Seven sacks over his last nine games is pretty impressive when you look at this. Now, again, I realize sacks is just one part of what a defensive end does. We talk about their work against the run, certainly areas of uh, for improvement and a player like Murphy that we could see there. So I don't want to make it sound like he is the end-all, be-all. But when you talk about what this team is doing, how they like to rotate their defensive ends, here's a guy that I could see being a part of this roster. Again, the coaching staff loves him. He's a workout warrior. The solid finish in 2019. And one last piece that I'll add to the mix, right, and we haven't seen Brandon Bean play the comp pick game too much, but you know this is the last year of his contract. If he ends up leaving the Buffalo Bills and signing somewhere else, and we probably will look at the 2020 2021 offseason is being relatively quiet for the Bills when it comes to signing free agents based on what they might try to do as far as re-signing someone like uh, Tredavious White and a long-term extension for him, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano. Um, You know, from that standpoint, if you're going to start to play the comp pick game just a little bit, someone like Trent Murphy, I mean, listen, he is not going to get a huge contract as a free agent, but someone that, uh, you know, when you start to play the game with the formula the comp pick formula, something I try not to do too much. But, you know, as you look at this and I'm looking at reasons why you should keep him, I'm going to add that to the list because that could be a factor right there if if the team is on the fence with him. Now, as we look forward, and I think this is probably the easiest part for many fans, myself included, you know, making the case against Trent Murphy. And, you know, as we talked about those contract details before, The ability to save $8 million against the cap, I mean, that is certainly not lost on me. And I say that not because the Bills are up against the cap for the 2020 season. They've got money if they needed to add someone else, if if they found themselves in that situation. And there's certainly other contracts out there that you can think, okay, uh, a Lee Smith, a Stephen Hauschka, Pat DeMarco, like 
Josh Norman, the, the Bills can free up cap space if they needed to um, with some other players on their roster, right? Like I don't know if all those guys I just mentioned are going to make it. But let's keep the focus on Murphy for right now and the ability to save over $8 million. But more importantly, to be able to roll over that $8 million to 2021 and the salary cap. We don't know if the salary cap is going to take a hit in 2021 because of everything taking place with the pandemic, the talk of having no fans in the stands this season, how that could affect the 2021 salary cap. And oh, by the way, the Bills find themselves in a position where at least I imagine, based on things that Brandon Bean has said in the past, that they are still looking to extend Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano. An additional $8 million in salary cap space that they can roll over for the 2021 cap, especially with some of that uncertainty, right? That would be helpful for them if they truly are looking to extend those two players. Tredavious White, they picked up the fifth-year option. I mean, of course, you can include him in this talking point as well. But I think for him, they've bought themselves at least a little bit of time there where it becomes a little bit more prevalent when we talk about guys like Milano and like Dawkins. And if that's something they look to do before the start of the regular season, that additional $8 million is certainly something that can help. Um, another piece with it, right? I mean, you talk about really just the um, the defensive end room. And there's a lot of different pieces that come with this, but it is a little bit of a crowded room. Right. Jerry Hughes, I mean, the expectation is even, you know, he's still producing at his age, um, you know, kind of being a menace in the backfield and, and and Hughes is still going to be on the field. You bring in Mario Addison, right, coming in around 10 sacks per season in his time with the Carolina Panthers. You know, now you've got a guy, you sign him to a big enough contract, like you're expecting him to come in and play and to start opposite of Jerry Hughes. Now, maybe it's an opportunity for Trent Murphy to be that, you know, rotational from either side, spelling either one of those two guys to give them a breather, probably in a neighborhood where he could still play around 50% of the defensive snaps, have an impact as he did down the stretch in 2019. But oh, by the way, the Bills spent their second round pick on A.J. Epinesa, the talented rookie coming in from the University of Iowa. And, uh, you know, I think in this type of situation, they don't invest a second round pick on someone that they think will just be sitting the bench. Now, it could be a scenario where you look at things and say, okay, let's see what they look like in camp. Let's see if Epinesa is good enough, right? We could certainly see if, you know, if he could deliver at a similar type of level to, to someone like Murphy. And of course, we know that as a rookie, he'll have some upside. Is that something that we want to do? But it is it is a crowded room from that standpoint. You've got someone like Quentin Jefferson, who you signed from the Seattle Seahawks. He's got some flexibility in what he could do. Maybe more traditionally, right, playing defensive tackle, but has the flexibility where he could play defensive end as well. So sometimes it just comes down to a numbers game, right? When you look at things and say, hey, you know, we want to keep six wide receivers or do we want to keep seven wide receivers because of Andre Roberts? Or when we look at the linebacker room and Matikavich, like really he's just a special teams player, you know, where are you going to pull these certain pieces from? And if you've got flexibility with a Quentin Jefferson, if you've got someone like an A.J. Epinesa, and oh, by the way, talk about the development of someone like Daryl Johnson, right? The former seventh round pick who um, got a lot of playing time early in the 2019 season, proved to be a liability against the run, but is a guy that contributes on special teams. We saw that last season, probably will continue to have that type of an impact. But I think based on the way that he flashed in the 2019 preseason, 
what he did on the field, at least as it relates to special teams and someone with the upside that he has. I don't think that's someone that you can just sneak onto your practice squad. Right. So so things get a little crowded. And, you know, maybe you do say to yourself, like, good gosh, well, do we look at more of a sure thing like a Trent Murphy and say to ourselves, like, OK, it's it's worth the, you know, the 10 million dollar cap hit because we know what he can do and bring to the table and help us win. Or does it become more? Listen, right. Like, yeah, the guy can play. But when you're talking about him compared to Addison, compared to AJ Epinesa, it's going to be tough for him to get snaps. And let's keep someone much cheaper and a Daryl Johnson who can fill out the roster and, again, be a little bit more of that long term project that you've invested in at this time. So, you know, with all of this, right, you take a look at it. And I'm curious to get your thoughts. I mean, if you were Brandon Bean, if you were the Buffalo Bills in their front office, what would you do when it comes to someone like Trent Murphy? You know, from from my standpoint, I look at things and this is completely a hedge, right? And I get it. Like it's riding the fence and you try not to do that too much, especially when it comes to sports talk in the world of podcasting. But, you know, is Murphy one of those players that you think to yourself, okay, can you restructure this contract? Maybe to give him some more guaranteed money for the 2020 season. Um, but along those same lines, give yourself some savings to help you out when it comes to the extension for someone like a Deion Dawkins or a Matt Milano. And I say when you do that restructure, right? I mean, you might be in a situation where you end up cutting them anyway. Um, you know, you might just have to eat a larger number. But if you think to yourself, okay, can you work that $10 million number for the 2020 season down in the neighborhood to, let's say, five and a half or $6 million? You know, is Trent Murphy that type of player that would say, listen, for more guaranteed money to have the opportunity where it would look like I could stay here in Buffalo this season and then hit free agency again next year? Yeah, that's something that I would be good with. Um, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's something he wouldn't want to do. And the Bills would decide like, OK, well, you can become a free agent now and find a spot that really works best for you. So it is certainly one of the things that will be, you know, continue to be monitored as we get closer to training camp, if there are any preseason games, although I don't think that's going to happen. But as I keep saying, that's probably a conversation for another day. But I, I want to get your feedback on this. You know, what do you what would you do? Um, hit me up in the comments section here at buffalorumblings.com. COVID-19, the pandemic, the lack of off-season conditioning, OTAs, mandatory minicamps, that certainly will probably play into this piece as well of having you know that proven veteran. But I, uh, like Sean Murphy had said earlier with Nick Bat, I, I have gone back and forth so many times. You know, I look to that finish for 2019, and it's just like, listen, you have to be all in on the 2020 season, right? The AFC East is wide open, regardless if Cam Newton is here or not. From that standpoint, I am like, listen, I'm, I am, I am good with being all in. And if Trent Murphy, you know, puts you in a position where you say, we know he can make an impact, and maybe as the season goes along, his, you know, percentage of snaps goes down as someone like AJ Epinesa's goes up. I'm, you know, I, I'm open with anything when it comes to it. But uh, as I said before, I think that restructure would be the thing that would be top of mind for me. But let me know your thoughts and make sure you hit us up here at buffalorumblings.com. I always appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, certainly, this part of the offseason, it's it's always quiet. It's always a little bit of a drag, but uh, being able to connect with all of you always makes things just a little bit better as we get 
closer each and every day to the 2020 training camp. So I appreciate you tuning in. Hit that subscribe button if you're not doing so already so you get all the great shows here at buffalorumblings.com. Appreciate you guys spending some time. And as always, go Bills.